Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Geopolitical Report podcast for February 28th, 2022. I'm Phil Adler. The new Confluence Geopolitical Report looks at what appears to be an unusual economic experiment going on in the country of Turkey. In short, the country's leader, President Erdogan, is refusing to allow the central bank there to raise interest rates to contain rapidly rising inflation. Meanwhile, the Turkish currency, the lira, has been plummeting in value. Our analysis of Turkey's unorthodox response to inflation was written by Confluence Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady, who joins us now. Bill, before we begin to talk about Turkey, we probably should address for a few moments, what's happening right now in Ukraine. Well, I would agree with that, Phil. Thank you. Let's talk a bit about that. Obviously, the developments are fast moving and they don't lend themselves well to even a weekly, much less a bi-weekly reporting structure. I do want to recommend to readers that Patrick and I did talk about Ukraine a couple weeks ago and that information is available on the website. We also do daily commentary, although I'm not directly involved in it anymore. Patrick and Thomas are keeping people up to date on what we're seeing as this whole situation unfolds. And, and I would recommend tuning in to or keeping an eye on the daily commentary for the latest news and, and our thoughts on the uh, situation. So with that, Phil, uh, why don't we go ahead and start uh, talking Turkey? Okay. I've, I've read your written report on Turkey, and I do have some questions for you, Bill. First, just how important is Turkey in terms of its size, potential economic power, and diplomatic relationships? Well, in terms of its economy, it's kind of a middling economy. Its GDP per capita ranks 94th in the world in U.S. dollars, which, which is pretty tiny. It's about the size of Cuba. Now, in terms of pure size of the economy, it's 11th in terms of purchasing power, about on par with Mexico. So it's a sizable economy, but relative to its population, a bit of a laggard. But it punches well above its weight in geopolitical power. It controls the Bosphorus, which means that it can effectively determine shipping into and out of the Black Sea. There's a treaty that governs this, but in a crisis, Turkey could, for example, bottle up Russia's Black Sea fleet. It's also got a long history of dominating the region. The Ottoman Empire lasted about 600 years and at one point controlled nearly all of the African Mediterranean seashore and much of the Balkans. It's currently very influential in the Middle East and houses 4 million refugees, 3 million of which are from Syria. If they open their borders, Europe would have a refugee crisis. It also supports the Muslim Brotherhood, which puts it at odds with Egypt, Israel, and the Gulf states, and it's almost at a near-permanent state of war with Greece. Has Turkey attracted sizable investment dollars in the past? Well, it has. Because it runs a current account deficit, it must attract foreign saving. After Erdogan took power in 2002, there was a sizable inflow of direct foreign investment, which is foreigners either buying existing Turkish firms or building greenfield sites. This is considered the most stable investment or the most stable inflows. These flows have waned in recent years, making Turkey rely more on portfolio inflows, which are less reliable. Bill, you describe in the written report the reasoning behind the widely accepted strategy of raising interest rates to contain inflation. Our Federal Reserve follows this strategy. But what we're seeing in Turkey is exactly the opposite. Erdogan's apparent belief that higher rates actually contribute to inflation. Is there any logic to this? Well, actually, there is, although the position is controversial. 
Irving Fisher, a economist during the 20s, postulated that nominal interest rates were equal to real interest rates plus inflation expectations. Uh, There's nothing controversial about that. But real interest rates can't be controlled by central banks. Only the nominal rate can. And if the real rate, which is the expected rate after inflation, is stable, then raising nominal interest rates actually leads to higher inflation expectations. Now, there's a couple problems with this theory. Let's say a central bank faces a real interest rate of 2%. If they had a nominal rate of negative 10%, they'd have 8% deflation. If this were true, Argentina would never default. The first problem is that Fisher believed that the real rate was mostly stable, and since it's unobservable, that may actually not be true. Second, there's a logic problem here. It's mostly about the direction of causality. Fisher's proposal is a bit like saying one should carry an umbrella if you want it to rain. I think there is truth to Fisher's equation if you believe the nominal rate is the dependent variable. In other words, the nominal rate should be set at whatever the inflation rate is plus an estimate of the real rate. Kind of as a side note, the Fed spends a lot of time trying to estimate this real rate. They call it R-star. Has anything like this, what's going on in Turkey, ever been attempted on a countrywide scale? I can't think of a nation that is engaged in Turkey's position. In other words, if you need foreign funding, you have to make foreigners comfortable that you will not inflate away their investments. Well, let's look at how the policy has worked out so far. First, how has inflation behaved in Turkey recently? Well, that's probably the easiest question you asked me, Phil. It hasn't worked. Inflation's been on a tear. Second, how has the Turkish lira behaved? Well, this variable may be the key. Modern monetary theory argues that a nation's capacity to carry a fiscal debt is determined by its monetary independence. The theory holds that as long as a nation issues government debt in a currency it produces, its debt capacity is its productive capacity. In other words, until inflation becomes a problem, a nation can borrow safely. Perhaps one of the elements of the theory which I think MMTers underappreciate is that if investors begin to believe your fiscal policy is unsustainable, your currency depreciates. It comes in two directions. First, foreigners begin to avoid investing. And second, and perhaps more potent, is the capital flight ensues. The lira has been weak, suggesting the policy isn't working. How has Erdogan's policy affected Turkey's trade deficit? Well, it's helped it. The combination of weaker growth and a very weak currency will tend to narrow the trade deficit over time. It's working, but it's a really difficult way to achieve a narrower trade deficit. Are investors now avoiding the country? Well, there is some evidence of it. Now, we'll state up front, tracking foreign investment in real time is a bit tricky, but there are three things that we watch. First, foreign reserves have been falling. In our report, we note that Turkey has made swap arrangements with three nations in the region. These arrangements get booked as foreign reserves, but in reality, they are a limited value because the swaps aren't in hard currency. Second, there's a plug figure in the balance of payments data called errors and omissions, and it has swung into negative territory recently. Such a swing often occurs during periods of capital flight. And third, the portion of short-term external debt to total external debt is rising, which is often a sign of foreign investor fear. What seems likely to happen next? Well, I... I kind of think we're just going to continue to muddle along. Turkey is too important geopolitically to fail. I would not be surprised to see the EU offer a support package to prevent an influx of refugees and maybe even strong arm the IMF into giving an unusually generous package to support Turkey. 
Bill, at, at what point might Turkey again be an attractive investment destination? Well, the exchange rate has already discounted much more inflation than we've seen, and any return to orthodoxy would mean that Turkish assets are attractively priced. In other words, a good bit of deterioration is already in the market. The best outcome would be a new government that would adopt economic orthodoxy. Bill, this policy of lowering interest rates to contain inflation, it just seems outlandish to me. It has me wondering, might Erdogan have other goals in mind besides simply containing inflation? Well, Erdogan, like most elected officials, wants to stay in office, and he seems to believe that the best chances he has are with the policies he's implementing. Now, elections can be held anytime between now and June 18th of 2023. Given how the economy is suffering, I think we're looking at Erdogan waiting as long as he possibly can before new elections occur. Thank you, Bill. To our listeners, if you want a deeper analysis of the relationship between interest rates, inflation, and a country's trade balance and currency value, you'll find it in Bill's written report. All you have to do is go to confluenceinvestment.com and click on the geopolitical report tab at the top of the page. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler. 